Welcome to the Clear Skin Chronicles, the podcast that takes you on a journey to uncover the secrets of achieving glowing, acne-free skin. We believe that knowledge is power, and by understanding the root causes of your acne, we can create a solid foundation for long-lasting clear skin. I'm Katie Stewart, registered holistic nutritionist and founder of The Clear Skin Solution, where we help women just like you get to the root cause of their acne. And I'm Chris Brown, registered holistic nutritionist and program director in The Clear Skin Solution. Through functional testing, we pinpoint where the body system imbalances lie so we can dive deep into your acne clearing journey. We work virtually with clients to clear up their skin from the inside out and have helped thousands of women worldwide regain their confidence. So I think it's going to be really fun to dig into how did both you and I get into this whole healthy living, healthy eating, acne, holistic nutrition space. Because I, I I really love hearing people's stories because it's it's you're able to connect deeper. You can you kind of see their thought process, their path, and understand that there has been a journey behind this. Because I think when you jump in at somebody's you know chapter twenty, chapter thirty, it can be kind of like oh my gosh, how am I ever going to get there? But you and I didn't just like start one day. We're both these holistic nutritionists that eat so well and live this way. We both came from pretty similar beginnings. And you'll often find, Chris, with health practitioners, whether it's a nutritionist, it's a naturopath, they almost always ended up in that line of work because the traditional medical system had failed them in some way, or they were trying to figure out how to solve their own health issues. Yeah, that perpetual why. I need to understand why. And when the whys don't get appeased, even clients and says the clear skin solution, if we can't appease those whys, man, then we're back to square one again. So yeah, I'm right there with you. And like, I feel like I've always been the person that's like, I need to know why. And if you've been listening to a podcast or, or been in my world for any length of time, you know that I wasn't always a healthy eater. My family called me Carbo Kate. I only ate all of the refined carbs, pasta and breads and frozen chicken fingers and, and pierogies and pizza. And I remember uh, my girlfriend, Natasha, will always tell a story that when we lived together at Res, I would set the fire alarm off every single day with my little toaster oven that I was not supposed to have, um, making boxed Betty Crocker scalloped potatoes for dinner every night. Like that was my dinner, a box of boxed scalloped potatoes. So my insides are turning. And I have a bit of bit of throw up in my throat, so um, I'm so scalloped potatoes have always been my loath. So oh gosh, oh no, loath, no. I let you you just keep talking because I'm gonna let my indigestion settle a little bit, and uh, I'll hop in when I don't sound like gurgling from all the acid reflux. Clearly, I'm not gonna let you recipe test our fall our fall Thanksgiving recipe round. But Chris, you have to remember, like at this time, I was in university drinking like vodka rock stars that were sweetened with aspartame, only drinking crystal light, eating like craft dinner and frozen scalloped potatoes and chicken fingers. Like after having okay, craft dinner, I'm, I was with you. I was with. I you. was had been at the bar till three a.m. Th- throwing back double vodka orange juices. <laughs> like let's be real, I don't think my scalloped potatoes were the worst of my situation back in university. Nope, maybe not. Maybe not. But I share this because I know, um, you know, when you follow us on follow anyone on Instagram, you're walking in on a specific chapter in their life. So you may not know of all the things that led up to them getting to that chapter. So I'm going to rewind the clock a little bit. Maybe let's go back to chapter one or two here. And for me, 
I, you know, I grew up where my mom always made home cooked meals, right? She was still very much like, we're not eating boxed food. Like once in a while, she would get a box of pierogies. That was always my favorite day. Slather that in some butter, some fried bacon, some onions. Mm, Like that is, that was heaven for me. But my mom was very focused on home cooked meals we ate at home. But we still, I still like, I'm born in 1989. So I grew up in the 90s and early 2000s when it was still like, you know, that very meat and potato, canned corn, like it was I used air quotes, whole foods, but I, you know, my family wasn't eating KFC all the time. And for me though, even with that, I was chronically sick as a kid. Like I remember as like some of my earliest memories is having severe migraines, severe migraines as a kindergarten student. So bad. My mom would have to put ice packs on my head and I couldn't even cry because crying made it worse. Or I had horrendous stomach pains where I would, my mom would be taking me to the ER in the middle of the night because I would be screaming in pain with my stomach or having severe environmental allergies. Like I go for an allergy test as a kid and my arm lit up like a Christmas tree. It was like, boom, she just needs to live in a bubble. She has so many allergies. I was sick nonstop. I like, when I try to think about how many rounds of antibiotics I've done in the course of my life, I, I can't even put a number on it because it's well over 50, like well over 50. Like I remember being in, in university, as we just heard, my lifestyle wasn't the greatest. I, I, I think I just lived on antibiotics. I'm pretty sure it was just like strep throat after strep throat. I got swine flu at university. Like I've had food poisoning. I have destroyed my gut. Like this, in, and that's just like the icing, you know, the, the, the tip of the iceberg. I've also took the birth control pill for 10 years, had horrible PMS. I had really, and then when I came off of the pill, obviously is when the acne started. So for the majority of my life, like I, I, my body never knew what it felt like to be in a healthy spot because I'd always lived on these more processed foods. Cause my mom couldn't monitor everything I was doing. I would be going out, out to the pizza place on lunch, going to Quiznos, getting one of those like fettuccine car- chicken carbonara subs at Quiznos. Like the more cheese and the more bread I could get is what I ate. But here I was in my early 20s with severe stomach issues, like debilitating migraines to the point where they had to give me Zolmetropan for my headaches and it would make me feel like a zombie. I would literally lay on the couch and drool because I, I couldn't move taking them this medication. And then as I've told this story so many times is when I took the birth control pill, I took it for 10 years. I didn't need to take it. I was just put on it because I asked all my girlfriends were taking it. Then when it came off in my early 20s and tried to switch it around, all hell broke loose. My skin went absolutely wild. And for me, you know, my, I, could, I could live with my stomach pains. I could live with my migraines. But working in television, I couldn't live with a face full of acne. So I remember um, in my early days of working in TV, uh, you know, of course, I worked uh, behind the scenes for Hockey Night in Canada. I worked as a runner and then um, I worked as a floor manager So I was rubbing elbows with some really high level executives, NHL, like you name like Wendell Clark, Ty Domi, like these are the people that I was working with on a day in and day out basis. And at the same time, I was working on camera at a local television station uh, as a videographer. And Chris, do you know what my job was? I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. I hosted a food show called Hamilton Eats. It was essentially diners, drive-ins and dives with Guy Fieri, but with me going to all of the top restaurants in the city, trying their like most like cult following type meal. So I was eating like foot high burgers or like deep dish Chicago style pizza, like bacon. I remember having a bacon burger that was literally ground bacon made into a burger. Like these are the, like, this was my job. Like clearly it was a fun job. Are you cringing yet? Oh, I was gonna, no, I want it. <laughs> 
I, everyone's like, Katie, I need to be on that shoot. Katie, can I come with you? Can I, I'll hold the light stand. I'll do anything because I, and I loved it, but it was, I, I, my symptoms were getting so much worse. And while I was hosting that show, I actually was um, doing some videographer work for a gluten-free cooking show. I had never, Chris, in my life heard of gluten. This was like, I don't know, 2011, maybe 2012. Had never heard of gluten. WTF is gluten. And then when she's like, oh, it's the protein found in this and it's, it's in bread, it's in blah. I'm like, um, that's everything I eat. Like, why? Yeah. Why would we do that? <laughs> that's everything I eat. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I only eat gluten, like 99% gluten over here. And I was like, why don't I F it? Like, I'll, I'll try something. I'll try it out. Let's like, I think this lady's crazy, but let's give it a try. So sure enough, I went gluten-free and this was in my early twenties. No gluten-free wasn't a thing yet. I could not believe Chris how drastically better I felt. Guess what? My migraines went away. My stomach pains mostly went away. My skin started to look a little bit better. I was like, oh shit, there's some, some merit to this whole like healthy eating thing. And then I started to experiment. What about dairy? And like dairy was huge for me because I love like deep fried mozzarella sticks, like extra cheese. Give, like I just want the, the bowl of Parmesan. Give me the bowl of the Parmesan. I don't need the other stuff with it. And then when I tried going dairy-free, when I went gluten and dairy-free, my skin was looking way better. Zero, like zero stomach pains, zero migraines. And I could not believe that I was able to feel this way. So at the time I was like, oh, I need, I'm going to go back to school to study nutrition because I really fell in love with food and the power that it could have over my health and well-being. And in my very first, uh, Chris, you know, the textbook I'm talking about, you know, the staying healthy with nutrition textbook, it's like four inches thick. I teach it. The fundamentals of fundamentals of nutrition. So you would probably tell me the exact page this is on, <laughs> a little teaching at CSNN over there is there is a page on how the birth control pill impacts your health. Mm -hmm. And that was really a massive aha moment. Like, wait, wait, what? Wait, Why? the birth control- What's going on? Mm, yeah. Yeah, nutrient deficiencies, alteration microbiome, my liver, my hormones. And then there was a little like symptom of like acne. And I was like, hold the freaking phone here. You're meaning like I've been for the last however many years spending thousands of dollars on skincare and products and treatments and antibiotics and trying different birth control. And my acne isn't a topical problem. Like what? So from there, that's when I decided to delve into all things acne. I started obsessing over how can I clear up my acne? If I got rid of my migraines, I got rid of my stomach pain, how can I get rid of my acne? So this is what drove me to develop our five acne clearing pillars in the Clear Skin Solution. And inevitably what led Chris Brown to joining us here at the Clear Skin Solution. So that's how I merged from going from Carbo Kate to Katie Stewart Wellness. That's, that's kind of the, the path. Of course, there was a lot of little things in there, but we don't have six hours. So Chris, I would love to know, tell me your story from your journey up until when you met me in the Clear Skin Solution. Oh, wow. So this is going to be TMI, ready? We're going to unleash it. You know how- We like, love TMI. I know. You know how like private I am. Right? Like, so this is, I'm coming out, I'm out, my wings. She's coming out of her shell. Yeah. I don't think I've heard this story, to be honest. This is how, like, private Chris is, where I was like, we're going to talk about the stakes. I want to know. Pull on the teeth out. <laughs> Pull on the teeth today, Chris. Well, I'm going to share it with you and everybody yes. now. Why? Yes, the world. Why am I doing this? I don't know. Um, here we go. So when I was just, like, a wee grasshopper, what would happen is I would have raging yeast infections. Mm. 
How, like four years old. Oh, God bless you. Seven years old. I remember, and my doctor, and that was, again, very predominantly male doctor industry. I would go to a male doctor and he would have to check out my my private parts. And I just, at that moment, I just, you know, can you just imagine being a small child and just, you know, and you just want to die a little bit. Like you feel like you've died a little bit. It's so embarrassing. It's, it's extremely embarrassing as a child. So there was this, I remember it was like this mint cooling gel. I have no idea what it was, a topical. And then let's compound that where my mom would have to apply it. Oh, heavens. Uh-huh. That's not a fun situation for any child. And I want to so get my hands on whatever that was because I'm pretty sure they don't make it because it's probably been banned in 1400 countries. <laughs> but I want to know what that was. I have no idea. But that's how it started. I was sick all the time. I had mono. Oh my gosh, animals. We would bring animals into the house and then my parents would have to take animals out of the house and say, oh, well, you know, they can only be here for so long till they have to be on a farm. And, you know, because I couldn't breathe. So obviously respiratory, chronic sinusitis. I'm not kidding. Like I probably look like my cheeks look like the Michelin man. It was just puff, puff, puff. Here's the thing. That's how I lived. I didn't know any better. I didn't, you know, I would, I never liked milk, which was fantastic. But of course I hated milk. Hated. Even as a child, I hated. And butter was not my thing. <sighs> Couldn't I handle did love it. I'll give it that. No, I, I didn't like a glass of milk. Take that thing away. But the butter, give me extra. So there was a lot of these clues going on in my daily life where I couldn't tolerate certain things or, you know, and what did I want more than anything? I wanted sugar. Sugar. I wanted sugar because I didn't know then that that was perpetuating the issue that was feeding it. And when I didn't feed them, I became sick. So of course I didn't know any better, but that's kind of how it went. As I got older, yeah. Oh, I had acne. I had acne right at that teenage stage. I even snuck to the clinic and got birth control. Cause like you're saying, you're like, well, that's cool. That's just, everyone's doing it. Oh my gosh. What do I have to do? I did. I don't even remember if I had debilitating periods. Honestly, I just remember calling my mom and going, don't be mad at me, but my vagina's just bleeding. Right? Like there was no chat about it. It's not like today where my children have a lot of open conversations and I'm so thankful I'm in the field I am because we're very open, but it wasn't like that. So my health declined. My parents both smoked. They partied like rock stars. They, hey, they probably saw you, Katie. Um, they probably saw me. So, you know. <laughs> they probably put me to shame. Yeah. So it's like you would smoke in the house, right? I wasn't born really in the 80s, maybe a little bit late 70s. Um, but that was. Oh, you guys, she, she, she hasn't even shared that with Paige and I yet. She's been holding back on her age. Yeah. Well, yeah, I have to let it out. So. I remember driving and my parents were smoking and I would stick my nose in the back of, we had a Mustang, we used to like, and just to get the fresh air, right? So I would do that. And I knew that then. So my health just kind of went down the tubes. You know, I got into a major car accident where it was a five car kind of pile up. And from there, my health went so downhill instantly I immediately, I was put on puffers for asthma I never had uh, because I've never had it in my entire life. So puffers, I took antibiotics. I was diagnosed with Lyme disease. Um, I took 
two years of antibiotics for Lyme. Oh, that was a good tactic. That was a good tactic. I mean, plus think about all the ways to get rid of the yeast. I can't even tell you what I took as a small child. It's just, yes, okay, mom. Yes, okay. Yes, okay. Yes, okay. Benadryl for sure. Anything like that. Um, anything over the counter because my parents really didn't know any better. I didn't know any better. Then they, nobody did though. No, nobody knew better. But even, even now in today's world, we can't fault anybody for the system that we have other than once we know better, if we don't take action, ah, then that's, you know, I'm not big on fault, but then I think we're not showing up for ourselves. So then I can kind of hold like that. When fault. you, when you know better, you do better. Absolutely. And if you don't, it's a choice and we know how I feel about choices. So yeah, then all of a sudden I got back acne. It was to the point where I was going to the Bahamas with my girlfriend. I got, I didn't wear a bathing suit. I'm talking cystic, nasty, 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 like, you know, painful, painful, red, inflamed. And then my chest and that happened for years. It wasn't till later that I was diagnosed with other things. However, that was kind of my journey. You have your scallops in a box and I would make um, pounds of bacon and I would make boxes of craft dinner and I would eat spam and fry it in my Teflon frying pan. Things that are making you cringe now. Only child, right? So my parents are partying, not saying that they're dormant, but my parents are partying. <laughs> I, I became a parent and most only children really do. So I became a parent. So I started doing stuff like that. My parents never, ever made a lunch. Once I got to high school, I always had five bucks and five bucks in the day. Like I could get fries. Oh yeah. See, my mom would send me with five bucks. The cap, that was a thing of fries. Every single day. Do you want to know something? Do you know what a large cookie today in a calf is? $4. Stop it. It's four bucks. I would take a $5 with me. And on my first break of university or high school, I would get a chocolate milk and a giant chocolate chip cookie. And then I would still have money left over to go back to the cafe at lunch and get a big fry with tons of ketchup. Okay, see, there we go. Oh my God, more similarities. More similarities. Mm, All of that. I always worked in the food industry, so I would eat the pizza hut. I would eat that right across would be, you know, the other establishments and stuff like that. So I never got out of it. Yeah, no, I've always like, I did waitressing. I worked in cafes. I worked in pubs. I worked in bars. I've, like you, always worked in something food related yep. and I loved eating growing up. But that's the thing is I, I was very similar where I didn't, and again, you know, my mom always, she's like, I feel so guilty. I'm like, mom, like you didn't know back then that giving me antibiotics for every sniffle was going to cause these slew of issues or that the reason I was crying because I didn't want to drink the milk was because I was extremely lactose intolerant and it was causing me severe stomach pain where I would literally be cr- like clutching my stomach, having no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize until my early 20s, again, through this gluten-free cooking show, I've actually been celiac for most of my life. Welcome. Didn't know I was celiac. Didn't know I had an autoimmune disease. And if you aren't familiar with what being celiac is, it's an autoimmune disease. And you literally cannot eat wheat, gluten, wheat, like literally everything I was eating in my day was causing me severe debilitating pain and worsening my symptoms of being celiac. And even once I found, maybe Chris, I don't know if you found this the same, but even after I found out I was celiac, I still didn't gl- give up gluten right away. I didn't. I literally would teeter-totter. I'd be really good and then go and binge on a deep dish pizza, do really good. Then I'd go down to the bakery in Hamilton and I'd buy a, a cheddar a cheddar and beer bread. Like I would flip-flop back and forth because it probably took me like a good five years to finally give up gluten. Oh yeah, same. I remember somebody telling me that 
they were celiac. And I, my exact words, and I remember, I can tell you where I was standing and everything. And I said, good God, you might as well just die. Such a Christian Such a Christian thing to say. <laughs> Good God. Right? Just like that. I'll just die. And then lo and behold, thank you, universe. Thank you, universe. For um, you know, making those words come back and making me suck on those because for sure. No. And then of course, what happens is I get diagnosed with an autoimmune Hashimoto's after, and then this is after my third child at this point. So I was carrying, if I do my time chart. I was carrying that, remember I told you that major, major motor, um, not motorcycle. I did own a motorcycle too. There's a tidbit for you. Um, Fun fact about Chris Brown today. <laughs> so that that um, vehicle accident, yeah, that's when the catalyst of the autoimmune triggered. Mm-hmm. It came with a trauma and things went downhill. So I was carrying it for two decades, easy. And you want to, this is a perfect segue into what you and I want to talk about next is now that you see Chris and I, obviously we don't have acne anymore, but that doesn't mean our, our health journey stopped. We're like, oh, our acne cleared up. There's nothing left to do. Because as you just mentioned that you had that trauma that you were carrying this, you know, this Epstein-Barr virus with you for God knows how long. And that trauma was able to allow it to reactivate. And that's exactly what happened in my case where now I've been dealing, so for people that don't know, since I was in early high school, so for over eight, for about 20 years now, I've been dealing with severe debilitating back and nerve pain. Like at first it just started with back spasms that I would get like periodically. And over the years, because of cheerleading accidents and car accidents and whatever it may be, it's compounded. And my nerve pain was like, I was getting back spasms probably every other week. And then I was getting really severe sciatic-like pain where it was like debilitating. And then um, this was up until 2019. And for so people that have never heard my story before, in 2019, I had two really late pregnancy losses. Um, in February of 2019, we found out at five months into that pregnancy that the baby no longer had a heartbeat. Um, it was, an extra, as you can imagine, an extremely traumatic and haunting experience because I was so far along, I had to deliver the baby. So we essentially had a stillborn and that like was literally one of my nurse nightmares come true. Then six months later, we had a second loss. And 13 weeks into that pregnancy, uh, we found out the baby no longer had a heartbeat, was missing its right arm and had its intestines on the outside. And I, I couldn't mentally go through another induced labor. So I opted for DNC, which was its own traumatic experience. And about 30 days after that surgery, so I've now had two late losses in the span of six month period, 30 days later, my pain, Chris, like a hundredfold. Like I can't even explain to you how horrible it was. Not only was I getting the back spasms literally like one after the other, and I had the sciatic pain on top of it, I was getting such severe burning nerve pain in both glutes and both hamstrings on top of the the sciatic-like pain going down both legs and on top of the numbness in the toes, the tingling in the toes to the point where for you, like, and you, you know me and I'm sure any, anyone else out there, I'm not one to sit around and just like take Advil. Like I, I have seen dozens of doctors, several neurologists, MRIs, ultrasounds, medical and holistic. I've got, I've done like past life regression, Bowen therapy, Reiki, acupuncture, energy healing, like honest to God, short of dancing under a full moon naked with a shaman, like that I've done everything, taking every type of supplement. They've given me things like morphine to the point where the neurologists are like, I, I don't understand what's happening here. We can tell you're in pain. And I couldn't, I couldn't even stand long enough to make a meal for myself. 
I had to lay on the couch all the time. I couldn't, and like Jackson was three-ish at the time. I, I couldn't pick up my son. I couldn't get him in the car seat. And I felt like such a burden to my family because I was, I, I couldn't figure it out. I'm eating so well. I'm taking care of myself. I'm going to yoga. I'm doing Pilates. I'm walking. I'm taking the supplements. I'm, I don't eat gluten, dairy, and sugar. And how can I be in this debilitating pain? And so I've been on a mission since 2019 to get to the bottom of it. And did we not just recently, um, at the end or the beginning of this year, uncover, I have a systemic Epstein-Barr infection along with uh, VZV, Coxsackie, and Echo. I have four. And when I met with a naturopath that did the test, she goes, thank God you did this test because you are riddled with viral infections. And guess what are symptoms of viral infections, Chris? Everything you can think of. <laughs> Literally the burning nerve pain. I was getting so dizzy, lightheaded, sure. tons of neuro- neurological symptoms, all of this pain. And we finally figured out it's from an Epstein-Barr virus that I most likely contracted from my high school boyfriend when he had mono. Exactly. And that's the thing with Epstein-Barr. And it goes and it hides dormant in different areas. And when it's active... It just lights that organ, lights that area up. And for you, your nervous system, right? For me, my thyroid and my spleen, because it likes to just have a cottage, right? I have a house and a cottage. That's where mine goes, right? It's summer home. The Epstein bar wants a summer home in the spleen. Mine is now also in my appendix. So you and I are both right now rocking out some protocols, right? We... We, there's a nugget. We both have the same naturopathic doctor. <laughs> we both have the same naturopathic doctor. Absolutely. We are both seeing some amazing results. Finally, after Chris, after decades of my life struggling, I'm finally. And you want to know what's interesting is you and I didn't give up. No. Do we know how to do that though? <laughs> I'm not sure. I think it might be a skill. And that's the thing, right? Is you and I never gave up on yourselves. And if there's one lesson you can learn from Chris and I here is do not give up on yourself. Just because you haven't gotten the answers previously doesn't mean you're stuck with your acne forever. Doesn't mean you're stuck with whatever you're dealing with forever. You just haven't been able to identify the cause correctly. Never give up on yourself because I have been told from several doctors, neurologists, top neurologists in the field, my only option is going to be pain management. You will have to take morphine. You will have to take Lyrica. You will have to take an antidepressant. That wasn't an answer for me. I said to them, I'm like, I don't want a Band-Aid. Like I I literally said to the neurologist sitting there in her office, I don't want a Band-Aid. I want a, I, I want the root cause. She goes, I don't know how to give that to you. I know. And that just freaks me out, right? I see it more and more, especially with younger children now. So how do we, how do we go forward? What do we do? Right? No, we're not just going to send everybody our ND because there's certain specialties, right? You really have to get in. You have to do that work. The great thing about not giving up on yourself is it doesn't mean that Katie and I didn't get deflated and be down. I spent a whole weekend at my lowest point when my adrenals basically on the cusp of an autoimmune disease of my adrenals. I just barely got them reversed in time. A whole entire weekend laying in my bed with babies, with a family, with a job. And I looked at my husband and I said, I refuse to move from this room. And I didn't, I did not move. I went to the bathroom. I didn't eat. I didn't want to eat. It was so, that was my rock bottom. That was like, And at that moment, I had a choice. 
you can continue to live like this or you can put on your big girl pants and you can figure it out because nobody, nobody is going to be able to do it but you. 100%. Do you think my husband sitting there is like, he was so worried. He's like, oh, what am I doing? What's going on? You're leaving me with the kids. Wait, hold on a second. Are you dying? Like I got all the questions and I couldn't even respond. I would just blink. Mm -hmm. Because you literally can't do anything else. I had nothing left. Honestly, I'm pretty sure at some point in me, it was just, you know, you looked up and you're like, why? Why me? Why? Why am I here for that? What lesson are you trying to teach me, universe? I wasn't even there yet. I was in... I was in a lot of hurt. If we were going to use a, a Western word, depression. Yeah, absolutely. It was a big funk. Depression is you think about everything that you could have done better. Why did I do this? Why is this happening to me? And to the point that I said, you know what? I need to be in the present so I can take effective change. And it wasn't snap of the finger. I, you know, mm. I, I moped around for months, <laughs> you know, dragging my ass was probably on my heels for solid months where I was just like, you know, I wasn't showing up for my kids. I wasn't showing up for myself. I wasn't showing up for anybody. Mm -hmm. So you can live like that for sure. That's an option. That's a choice. But I knew if I kept going that way, then I also am modeling for my children. I also gave up on my relationships. And more importantly, I gave up on myself. Mm -hmm. And you know how big that word failure is to me? It's not an option. I made a promise to myself that failure was not an option in my life. So I would do anything to, to get past that. I could pretty much copy and paste what you just said. Because like even at my darkest time after losing two babies and then now dealing with these, this nerve pain on top of it, not getting any answers about my, my pain, not getting answers about the pregnancy losses. I was in such a extremely dark place. I could barely pull myself off the couch. Like I, I couldn't take care of my three-year-old at the time. I couldn't take care of myself. My husband and my mom like really stepped up to the plate because I literally, Chris couldn't function. And my nervous system was so fried. And like I had childhood traumas that were coming back to the surface from this PTSD. And I remember like I just dropped a mason jar uh, I was unloading the dishwasher and dropped a mason jar on the kitchen floor and it shattered. And then like I shattered, like I dropped to the ground and I was like having a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. How like, like my th daily thought process was it would be so much easier if I wasn't here. Everybody would be happier if I wasn't here. And like those thoughts really started to scare me. And I had that same thing where failure was not an option for me. You can either sit here in your misery. It's easy it's real freaking easy to stay here in the depression and stay here in the darkness. But I wanted so badly to fight my way out of that and come back to the light because I didn't want my, at the time I only had Jackson, now I have two boys. I didn't want my son to model that behavior. I wanted to do this for my children and like my relationship with my husband hugely suffered. Mm -hmm. God bless that man for sticking by me and helping <laughs> me and like... <laughs> I mean, we're, like we're not gonna, we're not going to tell them that. We're just telling everybody oh, else. I, yeah, I'm not going to let them listen to this podcast. No, so we're like, no, sorry, no. guys, this one's not for you. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? Is is just because you see us at this level that we're at now doesn't mean we didn't have extremely dark times in our life, extremely difficult things, and times where we wanted to give up, and times where we're like, it, it would just be so much easier, and like, oh, woe was me, and having that pity party. And that's not to say that it's not part of the journey, but what what you really need to do is 
is I made it my mission that I will get myself back to the light. Even though I can't even see a pinhole in the darkness right now, I know that I will get back there. Yeah. And for me, I'll say long time now that if I find myself going off track, that I've built my knowledge. And that's why knowledge for me is so important, right? So I've built my knowledge. I've built my networking. I have a team. I surround myself with those people that I truly value. And I do that because that helps my self-preservation. Why do I want to be around people that are like, oh, you do what? No, thank you. Hard no. Bye. And it doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't, but I have some wicked boundaries. Like everybody that knows me meets me. It might not, they might not say, well, look at that Chris. She has boundaries. Might come out with something else. (laughs) But you know what? Me first, everybody else second. And I know everyone's going, oh, that's so selfish. Mm, No, it is not. not selfish. If you don't love yourself, if you don't take care of yourself, how are you going to repay that to anything, anything in the world? I look at, and I'm going to use my dog, right? Because- Good old Bruno. Because Bruno just love him. Bruno is her favorite. If you can't tell, she has three children and a husband. Bruno, the dog, for sure, the favorite. Right? Because Bruno is a rescue. And this is why I'm going to use this. Bruno is a rescue. He came from Mexico. I didn't want to bring a dog over because I didn't, I thought it was cruel to be on a plane. So we did a lot of investigation. They did investigation on the family, brought him over. Customs returned him because they called him commercial cargo. That animal stood in a the total transport was probably 16, 18 hours, no water, no food, no anything. And I said, I can't do that. No, I refuse to bring this. They're like, Chris, please, we've done a lot of investigation. We know Bruno's great for your family. We just, you know what, this is, and I mean, you have to do everything. You have to even do a strategic financial plan so they know you can support the dog, right? Yeah, we adopted a dog from St. Lucia. Right? Like, so there was a big process and, and this is what got me. They said, if you don't bring the dog back, someone else will get him and he will be on a plane. I'm like, give me my baby. Right? But I'm just showing, like, look at his trauma. Look at his lifestyle. He's not cuddly. I am not cuddly. And I see him and I'm like, look at us, little cutenesses, you I'm know? I'm recognizing you, your traumas. I, you're reflecting your traumas back at me. And of course he loves his mama the most. Love the mama. The thing is, is I look into his, his eyes now that he'll give me eye contact. Mm-hmm. And do you see what I'm saying? Like he's giving me a ton of information. He's showing me his hurt, his love, his angst in, in the manner he does. But I have such infectious love for him that even talking about him right now, my whole body just feels good. Right? Even he could go poop on my carpet, my brand new carpet. And I'd be like, okay, Bruy, seriously, dude. Why? But what if one of the kids did that? Okay. Well, then, then we take his no- Then we take their nose and we rub it in, right? Yeah, then we rub their yeah. nose in. <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? Is mm-hmm. at that point when you have such love for something, it's why do I do it? Is because I've recently learned in the last three weeks is that reflection I have such similarities with in that puppy is mm-hmm. I'm like that's the same love I have for myself now, and it's so liberating, mm-hmm. and it's okay. So liberating. Yeah. And that's, it's like that analogy. They tell you on the airplane, if it's going down, put your ear mask on first before you help others. Nobody else knows. So give yourself some love, right? Absolutely. So Chris and I are going to, obviously you guys now know that Chris and I are dealing with an underlying Epstein bar that got reactivated by some big traumas in our lives. And we will for sure be sharing our journey with that over the coming podcasts as you know, we work our way through it as well. But now we kind of want to 
you know, go into some more like about Katie and Chris, like really get to know us as the individual. And Chris, so we've both shared our journey quite similar. We've had, you know, similar things happen, health issues, stances on things. And all of a sudden back in 2020, our paths merge, which I think is really cool because, um, how, you know, like our clients, they invest in their health to work with us and clear up their acne, but being business women, we've invested into business coaching programs in order to get where we are, because I didn't know the things back then that I know now. And both you and I invested into one of our mentor, uh, Lori Kennedy's business coaching program. And we were in there together and we actually crossed paths in there and we didn't even know each other. Yeah. Other than a little icon with somebody posting something, a question. And to be honest, I remember um, when I remember when you applied for the role. So back in 2020, my business was getting really busy, and it was just me and Paige at the time. Paige was posting in the Facebook group, and I was doing all the all the all the things. And Paige and I were like, "Oh my god, I think we need to hire somebody else. Like this is crazy." And we put the posting out, and sure enough, Chris Brown applied. And I remember asking one of my colleagues, "She was, oh no, Chris Brown was was in the program with us, the business program, like." She was, she's like, yeah, they're like, you guys lapped over each other, but neither Chris or I had like any connection. We weren't on calls together, but we were in, we had similar colleagues and knew similar people. So I remember when I first interviewed you for the role, I was like, do I bother interviewing anybody else? Like, I just feel like it's such a waste of time. And then uh, I blush, I remember, blush, 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 yeah, blush, blush for Chris. Stop. And I remember being like, Paige, Paige, we need this girl. We need her. We get her the contract right now. Let's get it done. And it was like a Friday afternoon and we sent the email for like, yes, we want you, but like in like a super low key, like, yes, we would like to offer you this role. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, we're like, oh my God. (laughs) And you didn't respond to the email for like three or four days. And we were freaking panicking. I'm like, I don't have a plan B. I don't have a plan B because there's nobody else that I want. It needs to be her. But you were actually having issues with your email system and being able to send out emails. I just, everybody just, I just went to everyone's junk. Yeah. And we just weren't getting them. So eventually, obviously the story goes, Chris eventually got the email. She came on board and she's been hanging out with us since 2020. And, you know, I, I know I, I don't say it enough to you and Paige, but you two have been such integral parts to the growth and success of both the company and our clients like, I, like for those of you that don't know Chris as well as I do, like she has one of the most brilliant nutrition brains I have ever, ever come across. And like, I know some pretty smart people and her brain is up there. Like it, it, it blows my mind even to this day. I'm like, I don't know where in your Rolodex, in that brain of yours, you're able to store all of this info. But let me tell you, she is absolutely brilliant. So I'm so thankful to have you on board and for you to now have gone from a little sidekick of helping me with some, you know, protocols here and there to now being the program director of the Clear Skin Solution of this company with 12 people that work for us and 400 different clients. Like who would have known back in 2020, this is where we'd be at three years four or five years later, I don't know how many long do the math, doing a podcast together. Yeah, I just thought it would do this as like a side hustle, right? I had my, I have my, why well, still, right? I have my business, I teach, I do all these other things and no, I can't, I mean, consult, right? So that's what it is, come in, consult, do a little bit of this. And yeah, it was just forward march, right? Like I, you know, my husband says to me, like we're talking and he's chitty chatting about his job and he's saying things and and he, and he stopped and he goes, you know what I noticed since I left my other life, right? The life I, in my other jobs, he goes, you don't complain about your job. <laughs> I said, cause I don't have a job. I said, I have a passion. I said, so what, what's there to complain about? 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, then I have to meet this Katie. <laughs> well, then I, if you've tolerated her and you haven't complained, sweet goodness, there's got to be yep. something there, right? That's it. And that's the same for me as when I worked in television. I worked in television for 14 years, 14 seasons of Hockey Night in Canada, with four of those being on air. And like, don't get me wrong. I loved working in television. I loved my the crew I worked with. It was like my second family. Mm-hmm. And I, the reason I kept going back, even though I hated the hours, because when you work, when you work in hockey, you're working and when everybody else isn't having a good time, you're working late on Saturday night. I'm working quadruple overtimes, working until three or 4 a.m. on a Saturday night in university. So I saw the lifestyle didn't work for my body. I was, my adrenals were taxed. I was extremely tired. I was grumpy. And I always saw all of the top, the most successful people on television killed themselves to work. They were working 16 hours. I remember one of like the top producers, he, his wife was pregnant during the playoffs and he was flying between Toronto and LA back and forth every other day in case his wife went into labor. And I'm like, I don't think I want that lifestyle for myself. So, and Frank says the same thing, like Katie, your personality is so night and day. When you worked in television, you were grumpy, you were angry, you were moody, you complained, but he's like, you work probably just as much now, which I'm working on, recovering workaholic over here but I love it. Like I freaking love it. I would do it for free. That is how much I love it. I would do all of the things. Like we, <laughs> Chris is like, wait, rewind Katie. No, because rewind. that comes to self-worth and that's a mindset thing, right? We would, and we would, and we do. You do scholarship programs. I also do that as well. And I take pro bono, like these types of things. Why? Because we, that's how we give back to the community because we would do it for free. But then at one point and through all our mentorships and through all of our thousands and ten thousands and hundred thousands of dollars of training that we've put back into ourselves, and don't get, I take a training every other year. Like I'm about to go into another one. You know this, oh, right? Yeah. I've spent literally hundreds of thousands of dollars investing in my brain at this point in the game. And if they haven't taught us anything and we want to take anything from anything, it's the fact is, is you are valued. And you need to charge for it because it is a service and you need to appreciate that that is part of your self-worth. Well, look, Chris, I don't need to go to my therapy appointment this week. I just got that here. Bam. Check, check. Right. She's going to invoice me for it later. I am. So now that we go, so now we're here, we're working the business and let's kind of peel back so people get to know us a little bit more, right? As, as the individual. So we know Chris has three teenage girls and her husband. I have two little boys. I got a husband. I got two dogs. She's got a dog. And what we find both really interesting um, is we're both very much empaths. Like we can read the energy. Like, so for me, like I, I, you know, being in my earlier years, in my early twenties, I love going to raves and music festivals and parties, but I could never understand why I would like, I couldn't catch my breath. And it's like, I, I could feel this heaviness on me. And I didn't realize that I was actually absorbing the energy of the people around me. And it wasn't until when I started to work a lot on myself after these losses in my, in my, uh, when I was about 29, I was understanding that I'm an empath and I'm absorbing these energies of other people and like having to put those things in place. Cause what's quite interesting is from looking at me on social, on the podcast, like my face is everywhere you would assume I'm a fairly outgoing person. But in fact, I am like innately quite shy. I am a very shy individual to the point where like in university, I remember um, when I was, a, I was the head of the captain of the cheerleading team. Of course, you know, I was always in a leadership role. And I remember <laughs> some of the cheerleaders like that joined the team. They're like, oh my God, Katie, we were so scared to talk to you because you had such a resting bitch face. And I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, that's my shy face. <laughs> 
as my shy Katie face, I'm actually more scared of you than you are of me. So for me, it's actually quite difficult for me to be, you know, that initiator and that person that, to, that approaches. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. I remember in middle school, no, even younger, I would enter like the, the school in the room and it was so overwhelming. I thought everybody hated me. Everybody hates me. I have to. So, and being an only child, it's not like you have, you know, anyone else to express it. So you deal with that. Uh, obviously growing up with adults, my vocabulary was a little bit more advanced. Certain things were, but I just really didn't feel well. And then I realized again, as we get older, it's the empathy that I'm holding on. And I, when I meet with clients, Sometimes I have to stop now. Now I understand. I had a client ask if I was a medium and I'm like, what, what, no, what, no, huh? Like it just threw me off. But I stopped because even Katie, when you come on or we have our meetings and stuff, sometimes I have to stop and say, what's going on? What's happening? Yeah, that happened in our meeting this morning. What's happening? Like, I can't, I can't, you need to, uh, and they're like, whoa, okay, let me tell you what happened, right? Total sidebar. Sidebar. But with clients, I now get a, almost like a burning heartburn in my stomach where my rib cage splits. And if I try and, oh, I try and dig deep and I try and push it. And I'm like, Chris, no, don't go right into it. And it's none of your business. And then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, listen. And when I do that, the pain goes away and the client's like, how, how? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't do it with everybody. It's not like I'm trying to tap into that, but how do you go from super logical, high power thinking to you have all this pent up energy? So I've been using all of this energy and I'm very super shy, but because I'm confident, resting by trace, you know, don't put me in a party. I will be, I will be on the sofa in the back, whatever. The wallflower. She'll I will be, be watching and people watching I and not judging but the interactions, it gets to the point where I picked my daughter up from school. They had all the high school kids in the back. And I'm like, okay, see these two people? I said, they're dating. They're in a fight. I said, watch, you're going to tell that because she's going to look up and then she's going to look back. And they're like, how do you do that, mama? And I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it wasn't hard. They're high school, right? I did it too. Yeah, high school, come on. We but all do that. It, essentially, when you allow that room, so instead of me going, oh my gosh, social setting, oh, I want to vomit right now. I just step back and I go, hey, you know what? I'm going to, that's how I compute social interactions. But if I get, see, you and I were in a room and we started chatting and I was like, wait, this girl's got something to offer me. I like, he like. Then I'm going to chitty chat with you and I'm going to be super social. In fact, I'm going to word vomit. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. So that's kind of who I Love. am. Love. So I want to do, I didn't prep her on this one. I think she's like, oh God, what are you going to make me do? See my face? Let's do like... <laughs> So if you couldn't tell uh, by our podcast style is my former life in TV, I was, I was an interviewer. Like I originally went to school for journalism. I have a journalism diploma. I have a media studies degree. I know media studies degree. My role as a videographer was I interviewed and I hosted. So I asked questions. You can, if you go and if you start taking note of this in future podcasts, you'll see I'm the question leader because this is what I, my brain is trained to do. So Chris Brown, I want to do a rapid fire five questions. Rapid fire, like five easy questions. 
Like, I'm not asking you to solve world peace here or... I'd rather solve world peace. She'd rather solve world peace. They're easy. They're good to... I'll let you do it back. I'll let you do it back. If you see a sweat bead come down, you're going to stop. I'll, I probably won't. You probably won't. You're right. You I won't. probably won't. <laughs> you're going to be like, oh, I didn't see five. it, Chris. I didn't see it. Would it be easy? Could you want to do three? I'll ask you three questions no, just, and you can ask me go. three. We're going we're gonna to do okay. it. We're going to do it for, for the love of everybody listening. I know. She, she's going to quit on me after this. I'm sweating. Okay, <laughs> Take your sweater off, get, get, like, air it out. Question number one, yeah. easy. What's one of your non-negotiable things you do for yourself every day? Go to bed at like, or I disengage from family activity at nine o'clock. Boom, answer. Next one. What is your favorite meal of all, favorite meal, snack, food of all time? Favorite meal, snack? Ah, oh, you know what? I don't have a favorite. Chris. I don't, I don't. And you want, I don't. What I'm looking forward to, though, is lasagna. I was like, she's going to say lasagna. Her family's coming for dinner in a couple weeks, and I'm making lasagna. My Nona's lasagna, the recipe that's on and my And uh, after blog. being hanging, we, Katie and I have, ne- well, once at a Christmas thing, but we have never engaged in family activity. So this is the first. Yeah, I know. So it's exciting. I might not be back, everybody, because she might be like, wow, look at your family. Woo! <laughs> I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it. The girls are going to love she's me. Gonna ra- oh, yeah. She's going to rapid fire my kids and get all the yeah. dish on me. <laughs> I am. I'll, and I'll record it. It'll be our secret podcast episode. That vomit, vomit. I didn't know about mm-hmm. it. Okay. Two questions. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite part of your morning, morning routine? Favorite part of my mor- oil pulling in my teeth, my mouth. Lo- oh. Oil pulling. Yeah. You said that last time. Can't handle it. I love it. Okay. What is your favorite fruit or vegetable? Something easy. Give me something. Fresh blueberries or raspberries, hand down. Mm. And veggie. I am a, I think a carrot right now. Right now, carrots. So I might need some vitamin A. Who knows? Need a little vitamin A up in there, a little antioxidant love. Yeah. Final rapid fire question. See, this isn't painful as you thought it would be. Yeah, you could have done way better, Katie. Honestly, way better. I was being easy. Like, I'll go hard next time. Um, What is one of your favorite books ever? I have so many different types of books, right? Like all my learnings. I can't- Pick, I'll get you have a, a learning book and a, a like a for pleasure book. Okay, so Byron Katie, Loving What Is for a Mindset because she does the work. That's her thing. And page 25, there's an expert, like expert. What, what, what's the word? Excerpt. Excerpt. There we go. Um, see when I, oh, there's, there's something. When I can't get a word, I won't get it until my brain engages and then I'll go back to it. So there's a little criticism. Fun fact. Um, but that one, page 25, I stayed on that for like two weeks, just page 25. There was just a massive statement. As I don't know the name of it, I should get back to you, but I'm learning about it. I just got it from Indigo. Mm, I can't. But if I'm going to go Ben Lynch, he has an epigenetic one. I, I really, the dirty jeans. Dirty jeans. Yeah, I love that. I love anything really. That's a low. That's two teachy books there, Chris. That's two learning books. Well, you didn't have a fiction when in you there. have a geek. Why would you? Why? No, I don't have fiction. Oh, but oh, all the shades of gray. Yeah, I was down. Chris is into that. Yeah, Chris you was give down. me some smut. I'm good. Like not like Chris. Like not the- like hardcore porn. But give me smut. Chris, I'm pretty sure Fifty Shades of Grey was like softcore. And I said the dirty porn, the hardcore. Give me the soft, I'm fine. Chris will take the Fifty Shades. Okay, I'll let you ask me five questions. Okay. This is where I shine. Go. Right? Well, who who knew I was supposed to? Okay, ready? Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Favorite color? Ooh, it's a toss-up between pink and purple. Okay. 
I love pink and purple. Like I, I, I flip flop back and forth. I, I, I do really love like those, like the bright, fun colors. I like bright neon, that kind of deal. Okay. Bucket list, travel anywhere in the world. Where are you going? Oh, oh, well, I have two. Like I've been dying to go to Bora Bora and stay on like the huts on the water. Like that's a bucket list travel location, but on my bucket list forever is going to Tomorrowland, which is the uh, electronic music festival in uh, Belgium. Okay. Did not see that coming. <laughs> you didn't from my neon and from my talks of going to raves as something 20. Right. My 20 somethings love. And I plan to go uh, next summer for my younger brother's birthday. Okay. So house decor, are we going modern, traditional? Uh, our, we just moved last August and I went more like kind of modern farmhouse, like upscale modern farmhouse. So merge. And now I, and I merged it and I tell my children don't even breathe near the furniture. Just like stand. You want to just go play in the garage. That's the best bet. Okay. Next one. Would you rather? Oh, ooh, would you rather? <laughs> do I need a, do I need a beer? Well, gluten-free, Avi. A gluten-free beer. <laughs> play would you rather? Would you? Or no, I've never ever. Would you rather have had your whole entire past that you shared with us and be where you are today? Or would you have rather an easy ride and not know where you have, would end up? Because I think we both would only answer that question immediately before you finished even asking it. I would obviously take all of the traumas and hardships and things I've had in my life and be where I am today. Because even though I've had some really freaking shitty stuff happen childhood traumas, abuse, the pregnancy losses, depression. I truly believe that that was part of my soul's journey in order for my soul to grow and to learn and for me to be here in the spot I am today, being able to teach and share this with other women. Hands down. I think, I think actually that's probably our force. That's probably what joined us because we have a lot of similarities, right? And last one. Last question as Bruno comes in to hang out with us. I know because my children have no boundaries. <laughs> so last question, favorite song in the moment as of today, not in all time, but as of today, like, what is that one that you get in your car and you're like, repeat? Chris, there's so many. Like, yeah, there's one right now in this mo- one? one. I can't pick one. It's one. like picking a favorite child. Oh, I um, do it all the time. I just do it by day. I tell them I love uh, you, day. honey, but you're What's just- What's my favorite? You want to know what song I've been really loving? So like, obviously I'm a big house music fan. My favorite song of all time is Cinema by Benny Benassi. But a song that I've been listening to on repeat right now is an old school Drake, uh, Make Me Proud by Drake. It's been on like repeat in my house probably for the last three or four days. See? And there you go. But I'm going to throw another one in here. What the? That was five. Yeah, I know. What? I'm going to make you- Okay, ask the question. You have to answer it as well. Okay. So what would you prefer, pajamas and staying in or socializing and being out? Like as, as in like a daily kind of thing. Oh, daily, stay in my pajamas. I'm staying in my fuzzy pajamas. Uh, I'm sitting down and eating snacks, watching Netflix. Really? Yeah. There you go. I do, like, I, I, I like to, listen, I've, I've gone out. I've been doing the things. It's too exhausting. My nerve pain can't handle it right now. I do like going out, you know, here and there, like maybe other, every the weekend, once a month, I'd like to go and do something just to like see human beings that aren't my children have like an adult conversation. But I, I'm a big homebody. I love being at home in my bed in cozy, cozy pants. What about you? Same? Oh yeah. I always say to Steve, I'm like, can you just take the kids and go out? And he's like, why don't you go out? Because he's so social. Why don't you go out? And I said, 
but there's people out there. There's being so peopley. But but I, I but I have to I have to drive somewhere and I have to and I have to I find ex- honestly if I've exhausting exhausting I found grocery shopping I'm down but you know what I can't handle clothes shopping I know you that would, would be something you loathe I I do a lot of I'm an online shopper big online shopper even pre COVID I was but I'm actually going to take my six year old to the mall after this and I'm pumped about it Well you have fun I'm just going to go non people. Non-people. Okay. Can we finish with one final question? Sure. One final question. Is there like, what would you say is like one of like your guilty pleasure snacks? Ruffled chips. I know. Ruffled chips. What flavor? Plain. Plain? That's so plain. But I'm also with an autoimmune. So I have to watch about the flavors. I have to watch about the other ingredients. I know. I know. If you're going ruffled plain, like. Ruffled plain? Come on. It's the salt. What about some ketchup? No, man. Lay's ketchup. Nope. Nope, nope, really? nope. Mine, I like, I, I'm French fries. Like give me some French fries and ketchup. That's probably like one of my most guilty pleasure snacks. And you ready for it? Even though my stomach does, would not love it at all because extremely lactose intolerant is a poutine. Like how Canadian is that? Love a poutine. I found a poutine. I found a vegan one. Mm. I have to share that with you. And I've been enjoying it. And the cheese mm. is coconut based. Really? Mm-hmm. Man, back in the day, like, give me poutine and I'm like, mm. and everyone that's American listening is like, what the heck is that? French fries with cheese curds and gravy. And you're all thinking, oh my dear God, I cannot believe that you eat that. But listen, don't knock it until you've tried it. Okay. It's a very Canadian thing. Throw a little maple syrup on there and you basically have the national dish of Canada. Oh, that's okay. That just that scallop <laughs> potato level. Do not listen to Katie. Don't do that. You, you can apply ketchup. But you can, and salt and pepper, but you keep that maple syrup off. Chris, you know, I love the maple syrup. Like, that's my thing. Okay, well, drink it. Honestly, my kids think, I, I, would, I had to tell my kids and break it to them that maple syrup is not a beverage. Well, I don't like that attitude. I don't need this type of negativity in my life. I would prefer to bait. Like, have you seen Wedding Crashers with Vince Vaughn? He's like, what are you talking about? I love maple syrup. I put a little maple, maple syrup in my hair. What do you think stands it up? Slick. And I'm like, yes, you, that is me. I am the maple syrup lover. Like wedding, okay, final question. I swear to God, favorite movie. I have to rethink bringing my children to you now. <laughs> oh no, we're gonna be best friends. I'm no, really excited because this it. is hardcore, like best friend material right there. You're, you're saying all their, their magic all the right words. words. Yeah. Oh, there goes your girls. That's okay. Last question and then we'll be done. I know mine's uh, looking at me out of the corner of his eye. It's PA day. So my favorite movie, I'll do mine first. Favorite movie of all time is The Hangover. Hangover one, hands down. We'll watch it 700 times. Anything? Alice in Wonderland. Really? Alice in Wonderland? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the old school ones. The old school classics? Yeah. And anything where Johnny Depp has redone the new ones, I'm in. Ooh, he love is Johnny just Depp. so resilient and he brings just that inner, inner me out. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I got to head off because we got kids that are like begging for the moms over here, but we'll be back with another episode quite shortly. Bye, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us this week on the Clear Skin Chronicles. We'll see you next Wednesday with a brand new episode. Remember to subscribe to the show and drop us a review. Sending glowing vibes your way, Katie and Chris.